the College Planning Edge. Multiply your odds of getting into your dream college and get your hands on thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships. Brought to you by Lockwood College Prep, helping college-bound families get the edge in college admissions, financial aid, scholarships, and test prep. All right, looks like we're live. Welcome. This is Andy Lockwood with celebrity tutor Marissa. How are you, Marissa? Good. How are you? The glamorous celebrity tutoring lifestyle. Yes. That's the correct word, correct way to describe it? Glamorous? Yes, it okay. It's very glamorous. You can tell. All right. Very made so, up. Um, so we were just chatting about, you know, we got a test uh, coming up as of the, the date that we're recording this. There's one tomorrow on ACT. And, um, you know, you spend a lot of time in our classes and one-on-one -on -one with kids, of course, helping them prepare for the test. There's a lot of content, there's techniques and tricks and all that. But what uh, we were just talking about was more about the mental game, mm -hmm. meaning, I guess, a couple of things, preparing for what could go wrong, because something could always go wrong and usually does. Um, you know, being relaxed as you possibly can be, you know, before taking the test. So can you, can you talk a little bit about, uh, I guess to start with some of the fun stuff, like some of the things that can possibly go wrong. And these are actual stories, even though they're ridiculous. Yeah. Every single time after an ACT or SAT administration, I always hear at least one story from somebody about something going wrong. Sometimes it's minor where the proctors uh, mess up with the timing and they don't give you the warning or they call timing early or late. Sometimes the proctors will start talking or watching videos on their phones without headphones on. Classy. Um, probably the worst one was when uh, one of my students had uh, the person next to her vomited uh, in the very beginning of the test in the English section. And it took them quite a while to come and clean that up and they did not stop the test. So needless to say, she was very rattled and probably did not perform up to her potential. So it's good to keep in mind <laughs> that stuff goes wrong all the time. Um, and if you're prepared for these things to happen, you're much less likely to get rattled when they do happen. Um, so you also, there's other stuff too. So vomiting is, is now my all time favorite. When you tell me that, um, and, and, and she's, uh, this, this is Savannah, right? She's out, she's out in, uh, Iowa. That's, that's where she lives. Yeah. yeah. And she, they take tests on, you said on like long tables instead yes. of individual desks and stuff, but I can just picture the proctor, like, you know, that's out of my, not my job description. Cleaning yeah, exactly. that up. That's out of my pantry. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I wonder. I wonder if the ACT will, you know, let everyone take it over for free or something. But that's that's kind of ridiculous. Sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. Right. In her case, um, she didn't get an offer for that. But I did have another student who got an offer to cancel his score, which they wouldn't show him first. But they said you can either cancel the score that you don't know, um, and you can retake the test because somebody else reported a disturbance, or you can just keep your score. Um, he wasn't even sure what the disturbance was, so he chose. But it's a gamble. gamble. It's yeah. a gamble, but you know, if you felt he felt like he did really well, he felt like this was his best score, and it right. was. Um, but if you felt like something did happen and it did rattle you, and you just sort of got knocked off your game, then maybe take him up on that offer. But I think the test was pretty soon; like he had to take it two weeks later. So that might mess things up a little bit as far as your study schedule. But as far as the girl yeah. who had the vomit, um, I guess nobody reported that. And How can that have been? There's no way. Come on. I don't know. 
or maybe it's just random when they decide to let people retake it. Yeah. I'm not sure how it works on the ACT's end, but sometimes they do it, sometimes they don't. Maybe it has to do with what the person ate. Maybe. Don't. Uh, don't you also tell me some other other funny stuff like um, marching bands playing out, practicing outside oh, yeah. the window. Yeah, that's another one. One of my students had during her final section, the marching band started its practice outside her window, and they did not give her a makeup opportunity for that either. So it wouldn't count on having a makeup ACT. But if anything did happen during my administration, I would definitely make a complaint about it if I thought that it did have an impact on my score. All right. So, so to some extent, you know, you, you just have to be willing to like kind of roll with the punches and be prepared yeah. for anything. And what else can you do? How, how go. So, so other than that, like when, when you're either teaching a class or, or tutoring kids, how do you help them prepare mentally uh, for the for the test? Because I, I think that's got to be at least half of the game when it comes to you know, right. doing your test. Well, the first step I always tell them is make sure that you get enough sleep um, the night before the test. This is absolutely the most essential thing you can do in the final week. No amount of cramming on that Friday before the test is going to make more of an impact than actually being well-rested on test day. Um, I also recommend eating healthy meals, especially the morning of the test and during the test. I like to avoid heavily sugared things, like I wouldn't bring soda, I wouldn't bring a bagel, like heavy carbs. These are things that make it harder to concentrate. So I recommend protein and fruit just so you can get through the test. Some students skip breakfast, which is really bad because it does burn a lot of energy, a lot of mental energy, and you end up getting a stress headache by the time you're halfway through and get to the break. Um, I also recommend physical activity the morning of just to get those endorphins flowing so you feel good on test day and you're energized. Other than that, I like to prepare my students for what is probably going to happen on test day. I actually just came from a student now and he said, you know, how long is the test going to take if it starts at eight? And I said, it's not going to start at eight. <laughs> um, they tell you to get there by 745, but um, there's tremendous variability in how long it takes each tent center to get their act together, but it can take a long time. I would have in my mind, I'm probably going to start somewhere around 830, 840. Um, so I'm not stressed out if they do take a long time. Um, and it's also good to be prepared, like knowing how the test day is going to go. So you get, after your um, math section, you'll get a break for about 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, during which you're allowed to have your drink and your snack. And then you have two more sections, and then you get a break. If you're taking the essay, you'll have a break before then. Otherwise, you go home. Um, and I think uh, if, if students start, sometimes they get test anxiety. And I like my students to remind themselves that they probably have many more chances to take this test. Yeah. So this is not like your one and only chance to do well. So keep in mind that you're almost always gonna have a do-over. So don't get nervous about it. If you do start feeling your heart racing, start trying to breathe slowly. You can breathe in through your nose, count to five, and then slowly breathe out through your mouth. This actually helps your heart rate slow down, which will help you feel less nervous. Sounds like the Lamaze class that was useless for me and Pearl. <laughs> okay. um, so <laughs> Maybe you could teach it then, relax. Yeah. Yeah. Do as I say, not as I do. That, that would be <laughs> so what about um, what about before, you know, in the, in the days or the weeks leading up to to the actual exam? Like what, what can kids do 
to help prepare themselves mentally to get a feel for the pace or the stress of the test? Uh, the absolute best thing to do to just to, to, to develop your own internal clock and pacing is to take timed practice sections of real ACTs. So those students who sign up for my class or for my tutoring sessions, we typically go through a full test every week. And while the students may not be able to take that full test timed in one sitting because it's over three hours, um, they can take one section at a time timed. And if you do five of those, 10 of those, eventually you're going to know it just internally how long you have left. Um, for students who don't have that clock developed, it's good to keep in mind like how long certain chunks of the test should take you. So the English section, I would say it's about nine minutes per passage. The reading section is about eight and a half to nine minutes per passage. The science section is about five or six minutes per passage. And the math is a little easier to time because you've got 60 questions and 60 minutes. However, that does not mean a minute per question because it starts off easy and ends up hard. So you want to go more quickly in the beginning and leave yourself more time at the end. Uh, along those lines, I've heard you say this before. What, do you, a lot of people think that they should skip around and do the hard ones first, and I've heard you say, no, don't do that. Yeah, that's actually how I took the SAT because I was stupid back then. <laughs> and I thought, let me get the hard ones over with first. So I did the math section from the back to the front, um, which was really dangerous to do because the hard questions and the easy questions are all worth the same raw point. However, you're far more likely to get those easy points than you are to get the hard points. So if you leave the easy ones for last, now you're risking run out of, running out of time on the easy points and that will lower your score. So for the math section, go through it um, from one through 60, go through it in order. If there's one that you encounter along the way that you're just completely confused on, put in your best guess and then come back to it later when you have more time. So in any section, don't let yourself get hung up on any single question. Okay. So I think, I think the best advice is uh, just uh, that you said here is that to, to the extent possible, don't take it, don't, don't treat it as life or death because there's always another chance, but there's, there are going to be some kids who are taking it in the, you know, the last gasp, Hail Mary in their senior years. Um, that's hardy. So, so the message I think is to, you want to avoid that. You want to get all your testing done as much as possible in your junior year. There are now, uh, one, there's now a new bite at the apple, I guess, for yeah. July, the ACT and, and yeah, uh, August for the SAT. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so definitely I wouldn't put off taking your test until your senior year. That is extremely risky. Right. Which that means squeezing in squeezing the prep in junior year, even if you think you're not ready or you think you don't have enough time or whatever, doesn't matter because it's all cumulative. Like just taking the test before you're ready is part of the prep for when, you know, for you to do your best uh, when you're, when you finally finish your last one. Yeah. The last, the absolute latest I would recommend starting would be for the April test, prepping for the April test. And that, you know, I'm not crazy about starting then, but it's pretty common and you still have enough chances, especially with the July test now and the August test for the SAT. But I wouldn't put it off past the beginning of spring. I've heard you say something else too that I, I want to ask you about again. What, what you say that June is the worst time, the worst, uh, it seems like it's one of the most popular times to take yes, the SAT or the ACT, but it's also the worst time. Why, why is it the worst time? It's often the busiest time of years for students. They've got AP exams, they've got finals, 
And it also starts conflicting with the SAT because for a lot of months, the SAT and the ACT are on different months. But if you want to take your SAT subject tests and you're doing that and you're taking the ACT in June, that means it's, they're one week apart in the midst of finals, in the midst of APs and whatever other end of year things that your student has going on. So it's a very hectic time. And my students often complain that they hate taking the test in June. So I wouldn't start in June, maybe as like a backup after you've already done the prep for the April or the March if you're taking the SAT. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's a dangerous time to start. Okay. Um, one more question is not really related to the uh, whole mental game aspect of it, but how, how do you, um, how does a student know or when do they know whether they should focus on the ACT or the SAT? I've been getting that question a lot lately. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, some students end up taking the PSAT and the PACT and going with which score is better. Um, if the scores are close, I recommend going with the one that the student feels more comfortable with. Students who are fast readers typically do better on the ACT. Students who are slower readers but are more comfortable with harder math problems are usually better for the SAT. Um, for those students who don't have access to the PACT or didn't take the PSAT or PACT, I would recommend taking an actual timed practice test in each to compare the scores between the two. Okay. So some it's by feel, some it's by uh, performance. I, uh, I don't know if it's true or not, but my understanding is that most kids do about the same on, on both tests. Do you, do you find that? Or do you find there's more kids who do better on one than the other? There are, you know, a fair amount of kids who do the same, but I would say there's a roughly equal amount who have a gap in their scores. So most students these days that I get tend to prefer the ACT because they think it's a fair exam, but it's much, much more fast paced. So students who have a hard time keeping up often choose the SAT. When you first start with a student, when you're tutoring them, like one of our kids, how quickly do you give them a diagnostic to figure out which way to go? I give a diagnostic before we start our tutoring sessions. So I have an idea what that kid's weaknesses are, what their strengths are, and which tests he or she should end up concentrating on. Okay, that's good. That's efficient. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, uh, it's about it's been about twenty minutes. I think uh, we can uh, we can probably say goodbye here. Um, if anyone watching this on replay is interested in asking any questions or wants to learn more about uh, Marissa and her tutoring and the classes that that we run out of our Glenwood Landing uh, office, you can just go to LockwoodCollegePrep.com and you'll see the link for uh, ACT and SAT tutoring and classes. And it's that simple. Or you can call us. Phone numbers on that website also, LockwoodCollegePrep.com. All right, Marissa, thanks a lot. Thank you. Any parting bits of wit and wisdom to calm down frazzled parents and kids? Don't panic. I thought the dietary tips were good. Okay. Really, really a holistic approach. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe we can talk about soundtracks next or something. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's interesting you um, mentioned that one. Was it Amanda's mother? Is she bought a CD of like spa music to play? Really? In the car on the way into the test. To put her to and sleep. I, just to like help her calm down. I thought that was really smart. 
Ugh, I'd be with like I'd have like ACDC, like just getting all fired up so I could you know focus more. It depends so. on the kid. If yeah. she's she gets nervous, yeah. So something to relax her is good. That's interesting, though. I'll have to look into that because they have studies done, like what kind of music yep. has your the right brain waves to like study or concentrate. I bet there's something that puts you in a good frame of mind for the test. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's some science or pseudoscience. We'll, pseudoscience. <laughs> we'll have to look into that. Maybe another yeah. episode. We'll look into that one. Most things published are pseudoscience, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So we're going to uh, wrap up here now. Okay. For more information, visit LockwoodCollegePrep.com. Thank you guys for watching, and I'll talk to you soon. Hi, this is Andy Lockwood. Don't forget to visit our website, LockwoodCollegePrep.com, for some more free, valuable information on how you can multiply your chances of admission to your dream colleges and qualify for thousands or tens of thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships along the way. Visit LockwoodCollegePrep.com for information on our free upcoming workshops and webinars and to download a copy of our number one best-selling book, How to Pay Wholesale for College. That's LockwoodCollegePrep.com. Bye-bye.